Clinical depression is weird. Nothing in life has puzzled me more. I bore no outward sign of injury, yet every waking moment was a torment that overwhelmed my thoughts and senses. All I could think of, on and on, was that the world I'd known was gone. Only agonies awaited me for the rest of time. I yearned for that time, for my time, to end. The condition lasted in a severe state for a year, stretching from one December to the next, and persisted at a lower level for a while longer. Depression is classified in the medical manuals as a mental disorder. Once my illness had been diagnosed and I knew what it was, that noun phrase to me felt apt. Order was gone. The fixed points in life, an intuitive understanding of where I belonged and what my ambitions and purposes amounted to, had unravelled. What took their place was an all-enveloping, suffocating anguish. While consumed by guilt and stricken with remorse, I retained sufficient awareness of my surroundings and vestigial rationality to sense that a mental condition in which nothing but the self matters is solipsistic. It's not creditable. It's undignified. It's a betrayal of those who trust in your judgment and depend on your care. The realisation intensified the shame and sense of delinquency that had brought me to this pass in the first place, and thus the downward spiral of the psyche continued. In this book, I describe what it's like to be mentally ill. I set out what's known in the literature, from scientific inquiry and first-hand accounts, of the nature of depression and how it differs from the low moods that everyone experiences. That distinction is crucial to understanding depression. The sadness of life is inescapable. For most people in modern Western societies, sadness will be episodic, and it will alternate or coexist with happier times. Depression, on the other hand, is radically unfamiliar. It unhinges us from everything we thought we knew about the world and estranges us from every other person. It makes us, in turn, strangers to those we love. I further recount the stages and techniques employed in the necessarily lengthy process of getting out of that state. Because reliable medical knowledge of this disorder is limited, it used to be common to talk of a sufferer's depression as being in remission rather than being cured. The language of mental health has shifted in the last 20 years. My experience with effective therapies, which are founded on research and evidence, taught me how to recognise depressive thoughts as they emerged and to repel them before they dragged me down once more. It's the most direct experience I've had of how pure theory can affect hard fact and alter it. The American psychiatrist Aaron Beck, a pioneer in this form of psychological treatment, has written, When a person is able to fill in the gap between an activating event for mental disorder and the emotional consequences, the puzzling reaction becomes understandable. With training, people are able to catch the rapid thoughts or images that occur between an event and the emotional response. 
I can't say with certainty, but do believe with conviction that, having received the requisite training, I made more than a full recovery from severe depression. My life became richer for knowing how and for applying the methods I'd been taught. I would never have wished to go through clinical depression, but the process of recovery made me more at ease in a bleak and impersonal universe whose only meaning is what we feeble humans attribute to it.